Hello, Time to Change champions, and welcome to the Champions of Time to Change podcast. My name is Keith. I'm a Time to Change champion. And I'm Katie, and I work for National Mind. Hello, Katie. Welcome to the Champions podcast. How are you doing? I'm great, thanks. Very excited to be joining you on the podcast. It's great to have you on the show. Welcome, everyone, to the Champions podcast for World Mental Health Day 2019. This year's theme focuses on suicide prevention. The content of this podcast may be triggering to some of our listeners. We will be talking about the stigma of suicide, how our champions ask for help, and how they use their lived experience in campaigning. If you are feeling triggered at any point, we encourage you to pause and think about whether you'd like to continue listening. Coming up on the Champions podcast, we'll be joined in the studio by our special guests, three Time to Change champions, Estelle, John and Dan. Before we meet our champions, let's talk briefly about why we're here. The 10th of October is World Mental Health Day and the theme, as we know, is suicide prevention. Every year, close to 800,000 people globally take their own life and there are many more people who attempt suicide. It's the leading cause of death among young people aged 20 to 34 in the UK. Every suicide is a tragedy that affects families, communities and has long-lasting effects on the people left behind. Suicide rates are considerably higher in men, with around three times as many men dying as a result of suicide compared to women. It's also the leading cause of death in men under 50 in the UK. As a man, I find these statistics particularly shocking. It's thought that one reason that men are more likely to die by suicide is because they are less likely to ask for help. Recent statistics show that only 27% of people who died by suicide between 2005 and 2015 were in touch with mental health services in the year before they died. Talking about suicide is still very stigmatised in the UK. Part of Time to Change's mission is to reduce stigma and discrimination through sharing experience which is why we're very pleased to be joined by our Time to Change champions and hear more about their journeys. We've now been joined by our Time to Change champions. It's great to have you guys on the show. John, uh, let's start with you. What's your experience of stigma around suicide? Very sadly, I lost my dad to suicide um, when I was a teenager. And it was the stigma of his, his death that it took... 20 years to actually start to openly talk about um, the loss of, of, of losing my dad to suicide because of that stigma. The stigma affected me personally after losing my dad that it was five years later, four or five years later, I ended up being sectioned and in hospital after um, having a psychotic episode due to kind of stress and depression and probably not having talked about losing my dad. I was very, very lucky in that I was able to get the right kind of help, which was for me was um, talking therapies and cognitive behavioural therapy, which worked for me. So yeah, I think um, th- there's a lot of work to be done around the, around the stigma and and everything else that's sort of attached to mental health as a whole. Um, and I think going back to it, it's that whole um, do we plant a do we plant a seed in that person's head by talking about suicide? Do do we reinforce their their need to take to take their own life, or do we reinforce the need to um, attempt suicide? And it's absolutely not. You know, like we can have so many conversations every day 
um, even just about like what we're going to have for dinner, for example, you know, like me and Keith, for example, or me and John might have a conversation about what we're going to have for dinner. John may say that he's going to have pizza. It doesn't mean that I'm going to have pizza because he said it, you know, it's... That's a really uh, good analogy, actually, isn't it? Um, which also brings us on to um, the language um, that's used around suicide. I mean, this this whole thing about committing. Yeah. I mean, what's all that about? Committing suicide. What what does that mean? Yeah, I mean, I always I, I always use that as a as a go to in my talks now, and I think that's um, sort of um, changing the language around uh, around suicidal behaviour and suicidal ideation is obviously a. Uh, um, needs more work on it in its own right but yeah using terms I mean to be honest I don't actually uh, I'm probably swearing a little bit here but I actually don't like the term died by suicide because it's not a natural way to die you know obviously it, it's actually going against your basic human rights to survive you know like and um, I always use the, the term complete suicide nowadays um, like I say to try and change attitudes and, and perspectives around uh, around suicide it's not a crime you know yeah, it's definitely not a crime, and and I think you know that that use of that word "commit" obviously implies some sort of criminal um, activity to it. But also, I think kind of it's, it's talking about suicide is so tricky, and I think it's definitely the media and politicians and people that should know not to use that type of language. I think that's incredibly important. It really frustrates me, especially if I've read something in the press that, that talked about committing suicide or a politician or somebody that should know. You know, if I was having a conversation with somebody, you know, about suicide and they were to, to use that language, sometimes, you know, I'll just let that be sometimes, you know, because actually it's really important just to keep the conversation going and not like going oh just let me pause you there for a second it's not commit by the way and then you know we just got to get people talking yeah and if some people don't have the right language well that's that's completely normal because we haven't been talking about this yeah just going back to the uh, to the language side of things as well and i think there's um there's a lot of conversations right now around the lgbt community around um sort of misgendering and things like that i think by trying to have that conversation in itself that person who is maybe misgendered somebody in their own right they're trying to understand you know there's a lack of understanding with regards to mental health in its own right i think if we're shooting people down at the first conversation that they're going to have with things like you shouldn't say commit you should say complete or whatever then you know it's 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 putting barriers barriers in the way of that conversation already you know i think yeah we need to be more accepting of the conversation to start with and then we can start to add extra layers of that conversation to make it more sort of um, mental health friendly Sounds like all of you really are talking about education about how we can educate people who, you know, for no fault of their own are ignorant about the language. Oh. I mean now I'm from the LGBTIQ uh, community mm, and yeah. I, a few years ago used to have terrible fears about saying the wrong thing when I'm talking about people in transition. Yeah. And the thing is is that you know if you're gentle and you sort of educate people with the right language to use then you know you're not being offensive. I think it's, it becomes offensive when people aren't willing I think that's the mm -hmm. thing, when people aren't willing to sort of understand and sort yeah. of learn and use the right kind of language. Yeah, and I, I basically, a few years ago, I recorded a video talking about my experience, and I realised that was the first time I was talking about suicide openly, and I started crying while, while um, recording the video, and I realised I was feeling ashamed talking about my own experience when... And I said in the video, why should I feel ashamed saying that I felt suicidal? Why should it be taboo if I could say that and yeah that's for me that's the main point we need to educate people on what what suicide is all about and 
what we need to 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 do to help people yeah and it's really important just to kind of keep this conversation going I guess and John you mentioned earlier things that have been useful to your recovery such as CBT and talking therapies um is there anything else that you'd like to share around uh, what's been helpful to you you know exercise has been really helpful and exercise when I was I guess getting better you know that could have just been literally a very very short walk and just try you know it was a big step um for me just walking into town with my mum and feeling very fragile and but it was kind of getting out there I now try to run once a week um it doesn't really matter how far I go or for you know what the distance or how long it is but just kind of getting out there getting some fresh air into my lungs and um away from other distractions you know leaving my phone um at home and so for me kind of exercise has been just like going going for a a run has really helped my kind of mental health basically i i believe therapy is uh, is really important but i also believe that sometimes people are not ready yet to get into therapy which was my case a few years ago when i knew i needed it but i just couldn't do it even if my friends helped me my parents helped me they wanted me to to get therapy I just couldn't so what I did is I learned to be my own best friend and I know it sounds a little bit cliche a little bit cheesy but I do believe it's really important to learn to live with your own self because obviously when you deal with mental health issues you have a lot of thoughts going on in your head I believe well this is my case just learning to sit down with these thoughts which can be really overwhelming, is very important. And I tend to want to express myself a lot. So I do write. I I paint as well. I paint the pain away. I, I write poems and I write songs. And at that time, I remember I created a blog because I have a blog at the moment really opened about mental health. But at that time, I was not ready to share it with people. So it was just kind of a secret blog for myself. And I just excuse my French, I vomited the words that I needed to just get out of the chest. (laughs) Later on, when I read those words again, it's very healing because it was words I couldn't listen myself saying, so I couldn't go to therapy, and I didn't want anyone to know about these feelings. So it was just for myself, and it helped a lot. Yeah, some of the things that I try and do now to keep myself um, mentally and emotionally healthy, um, echo what John said with regards to running, you know. um, It is essentially well not running itself but boxing which got me into um sort of fight my own demons head on really um i went through uh counseling therapy about two and a half year ago um and they taught me about the importance of setting goals taking on new challenges um exercise talking you know if you never get stuff off your chest you'll never be able to breathe that's something that i like that will stick with me for as long as i'll live um and the importance of listening as well, you know, just being there for somebody to sort of absorb what's going on in their life, not there to be judgmental or anything like that. But yeah, by all means, um, things such as um, I keep a gratitude diary now, so I'll write three to five things that I'm grateful for every time I wake up. I reinforce them when I go to bed. Um, law of attraction, um, random acts of kindness, um, meditation, like I say, exercise, all of these things that I try. Um, even if I don't do all of them, you know, I know that by combining two or three a day will make, sort of keep me mentally and uh, physically healthy. So, yeah. Can I just uh, check? I mean, have people use services such as Samaritans, helplines, those sorts of things? And um, there's a few nodding heads around the table. Yeah, I did. 
Yeah, I you, did. Um, I mean, I, I've used them as well, actually, not not so much for, from a suicide perspective, but because I was in crisis, and I, mm-hmm. I find you know, just as you've said, that kind of thing of where you're just sharing with somebody a total stranger. Sometimes, well, it is yeah. actually the end of the line. Um, you know, the crisis, and it really does help. Mm-hmm. I, I certainly find it helped me in that situation. Well, I had an experience. Well, not a long time ago, I kind of went back to those um, suicidal thoughts. Um, I'm not going to mention when, but really recently. And it was quite difficult for me to get back to it after such a really long time of my life when I thought I overcame it. And I went to the point that I had to call a crisis line, so the Samaritans. And to be honest, again, I felt like it was I was not ready to talk about it, especially after so many years. Hearing myself saying how I was suicidal was very difficult. So... I didn't have a great experience at that time, but then eventually, a few days later, I was eventually crying in the street, and then a very nice lady just stopped, and she listened to me talking and crying for so long, until I finished just saying everything, and she told me, listen, I've been there before, I've been crying in the streets here, and I'm just going to walk you home, and she did, and she talked to me about the Samaritans again, and then eventually I reached out again to someone else, and she was right. She was telling me that it's not because you had bad experience on the phone with someone you don't know. That is always going to be the case. And I think it's the same with therapists. You might you might have an experience where you feel like actually you didn't want to talk to that person. But you have to try again. Because you will find that person where you feel safe to talk to. And I think it's not always you know you don't don't click your fingers and find the right person straight away to talk to i think it takes time and you cannot stay on the stay on the on the negative thought that it didn't work because if it didn't work the first time it will the second time or the third time but it will something else i'd like to ask uh, a lot of people listening may uh, have personal experience of suicide um and sadly a lot of people may have lost somebody to suicide Is there anything you would suggest to someone supporting somebody who's suicidal? The most important thing, if if, if somebody is supporting somebody who is is, is going through a tough time and and, and you're worried, is also, first things first, look after yourself. And, you know, so that'd be my first bit of advice is that, you know, make sure you're okay um, and get somebody, you can also have somebody, you know, to talk to, whether it is the Samaritans or somebody else, to say, my friend or somebody close to me is going through, through something um, t- tricky, and 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 talk to make sure you're looking after your own, own self. And I think something that was mentioned earlier is just the person who's who may be going through um, having suicidal thoughts or maybe ha- ha- just just having a, quite a tough time. They really, when I was in my darkest kind of space, it was actually I wasn't looking the person I was talking to, whether that was my brother or close friend. I wasn't actually looking to them for answers. Um, I was l- just looking to them to listen. And I think that's the most important thing. If you find you, yourself supporting somebody, actually, a lot of the time, the person just wants to, to be listened to, at to. So um, that would be my key bit of advice, really. I always recommend suicide safety plans. So for somebody who is um, at risk of suicide and as a family member or a friend or anybody else that wants to sort of try and help intervene, um, I always direct them to either suicide safety apps which you can download from the um, Google or the uh, Apple store 
very self-explanatory in terms of how you compile that um, suicide safety plan or there's paper farm that's available online as well suicide safety plan is exactly that you know it's a plan to keep you safe from suicide that nicely brings us on to sort of time to change i suppose and from a campaigning point of view and you know we've all got our lived experience of mental health issues problems either our own or our families or our loved ones but how how do you guys actually utilize your lived experience i'm basically doing a lot of anti-stigma work in my local area now so um, i do sort of bespoke and um, sort of evidence-based training around um, suicide prevention. So I've recently um, undertaken the Live and Work Safe Talk instructor's course. So that is um, suicide alertness for everybody. Tell, ask, listen, keep safe. That's what Safe Talk stands for. Um, but yeah, basically suicide alertness for everybody. It sort of um, informs people, the participants of um, the kind of behavioural changes that somebody might give off in um, suicidal ideation or the language that they're using um, would potentially differ from what the general um, language would be. It is something that I say it is very important to sort of get out there and by me not being fearful of the word suicide I can then expect the participants to not be fearful of the word too. Uh, you planned it. Yeah. But you're sitting in front of me today. I certainly am. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, so, so what? So that is, obviously it's great you're here. It I mean, is. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Here. I'm very grateful. So, uh, what was the? Um, yeah. What was the turning point? Literally an intervention. So there was right. no. There was no turning point. Yeah. 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 It, it, there was no turning point. You know, somebody said to me, "Should I come over and see you?" And I said, "No. Like, I'm okay. I'm dealing with this as I am." Um, but yeah, like somebody just wasn't happy with me saying those words and they weren't happy with that ultimatum, so they drove over stayed with me the night um, and the next day the suicidal feelings had passed I felt empty but I didn't feel suicidal you know and I think that's the the biggest issue is um, suicide is a permanent solution to a temporary problem no matter how big that problem is or how many issues you have at the same time well we're really glad that you're still here with Thank us you. and also using that lived experience you know to educate other people and uh, really break down the stigma around yeah. suicide I think talking about it and breaking the stigma around it is part of campaigning because campaigning is about educating people on it and that's why also I decided to to talk about it online so on my blog on my social media at first that it it came wrong to some people because they thought that she's just you know just bringing up a story to again seek for attention but that's not true that's because I believe if I went through all of this is for a reason and I I like saying the the sentence that if I made it through, anyone can make make it through because I believe I'm not like I don't have superpowers. So if I made it, anyone can do, can do. Yeah, my kind of lived experience. Um, I think what's been really interesting in the last couple of years has been actually doing different activities and getting involved in different groups um, that isn't just about talking. Through Time to Change, they'd set up um, a local kind of, well, one of the Time to Change champions had set up a music and mental ha- music men and mental health group. Within this kind of small group of, of, of men and women, um, so even though it said men in the name, um, it was still very open, we have um, helped to produce a, a, a music video and a, a song um, which will be hopefully um, launched for World Mental Health Day um, called Talk It Out. And again, this was, you know, using the power of kind of music and um, bringing people together. Um, you know, it started in a small group of, of, of Time to Change champions and one of those champions who had this track. And we all thought, well, this would make a lovely, lovely video and to kind of create that conversation. Now, I couldn't agree more on that because... Um, one of my passion is music and coming back to your previous question it helped me a lot 
um, through the process of recovering because I write songs, as I said, and I just express the pain on it and in the music. And I feel like um, music, I feel like music just bring people together. And even for little um, little facts, when when I I try to take my own life um, seven years from now, the night I was there at the hospital, my best friend came, and the first thing she said was, "You look ugly because you have makeup all around your face." That made me laugh actually. I loved it, and <laughs> and she said, "Please tell me someday we're gonna go to a Taylor Swift concert together," because she knew I loved her, and. Seven years from there, I told her a few days ago, promise me we're going to do that someday. And I feel like making plans and then around music eventually is just a way to take yourself out of, of the dock, mm, basically. Yeah. So just make plans, make make projects like, like you, John just talked about. Just have projects in your life and and just think you can do amazing and you can do big and, and it's going to have an impact. Your story is going to have an impact your creativity around your story is going to have an impact. And I think what you raised has, has been re- had really helped me in my recovery. I think some people may complain when they buy a gig ticket that actually it seems to be like months and months in advance. Like, oh, why am yeah. I buying it now? And they're not touring till like next September or something. But for me, actually, especially when a few years ago, having those dates in my diary that were months out were actually really helpful. helpful. You know, it's actually so ha- something music, which is yes. I love, and but also. It was something like, even though I'm going through a bit of a tough spot at the moment, oh, well, what, how would I be feeling in October when I see that band? I'm really looking forward to that. And there's something, yeah, music and actually it being something to look forward to. Planned, yeah. And, and planned kind of gives you hope that even if you're struggling now, that actually I, I'm really looking forward to that thing in the future. We've, we have come to the end of our time for today, but I just wanted to go around and just ask each of you just one last question, really, which was... For anybody who's listening to this podcast today, what would be the one thing that you would want a listener to take away from what they've heard from you three today? Going back to it, I've already said the words, um, but suicide is a permanent solution to a temporary problem. There is nothing bigger than asking that question, do you feel suicidal? And um, if, like you say, you struggle to sort of come up with the, the means and the ways to ask that question, all I can say is practice it first tell that person why you're going to ask that question in the first place you know there might be some certain circumstances around why you're going to ask that question in the first place but yeah like I say ask that, que- ask that question directly do you or have you felt suicidal in the last sort of 7 to 14 days it opens up it opens up the conversation and it makes it real you know once it's all in the head it's all the it's not imaginary but ultimately it is all in your head until you start co- talking about these kind of things that's the only way we're going to make action if there was a plan in place and you're asking somebody, are they okay? They might be okay with the plan that they've already got in place. Only by asking the question directly will you get that um, opportunity to disable that plan. It's a constant battle. I, I took it from one of my biggest inspiration, but I do agree a lot with it. It's not you wake up Sunday in and everything is perfect in life. You're never going to have that if that's what you're looking for. I, I cannot tell you it's going to happen, but if you work on it you can get out of the darkness and yeah it's a constant battle and if you work with the right tools the right people around you you will make it through for me it's just be kind to yourself some people talk about kind of self-care and just like every morning I 
you know, I buy myself a coffee and it's not because I'm particularly a coffee addict, but I'm, I'm buying that for myself. It's a moment in the day where I'm kind of checking in with myself to see how am I doing? How am I feeling? Did I sleep all right last night? Am I feeling a bit anxious? Have I got a lot of work on? And I think kind of we're not taught to be kind to ourselves. And, and I really just like think that that's something I've learned is actually just to like five, ten minutes out of the day to kind of be a bit of self-care on yourself, look after yourself and be kind to yourself. Well, we know that suicide is a difficult topic with lots of dimensions, but it's great that we've had the opportunity to talk openly about suicide and for your contribution towards breaking down the stigma it still carries. And a massive thank you to the three of you for joining us today. Um, it's been a great discussion and it's been great having you here. Okay. Thank, thank you. you. Thanks for having us. Thank you very much. For more information and support about suicide or any aspect of your mental health, go to the MIND website at www.mind.org.uk or call 0300 123 3393. Lines are open from 9am till 6pm, Monday to Friday, except for bank holidays. You can also text 86463 or email info at For 24-hour support, please call the Samaritans on 116123. Hey champions, remember if you have questions about this podcast, please let us know. That's what this Champions Podcast is all about. Tell us what you think. Ask us anything. Your feedback can help us make this Champions Podcast what you want to listen to. Also, remember it's not too early to start thinking about what you're going to be doing for Time to Talk Day in February 2020. Why not drop us a line to champions at time-to-change.org.uk. Follow the campaign on Twitter at Time to Change and tell us what you think of the Champions podcast. Send a tweet using hashtag TTC Champions. All this blurb is in the usual place in the podcast notes on the website. This Champions podcast is a heavy entertainment production for Time to Change. The campaign is run by Mind and Rethink Mental Illness and thousands of champions, supporters and organisations making change happen. A massive thank you again to our champions for being on the show today. That's it from Keith and myself for today. Say ta Katie. ta Keith. Thanks for listening and goodbye. <laughs>